Hey, well, we're in our series, uh, The Names of God, and uh, over the last couple weeks, we've been studying these various names that we read about in the Old Testament, and, and really what's behind the name, why it's so important, is it helps us to better understand God's character, who God is. I said week one, A.W. Tozer, you know, said the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. It's the most important thing about your life. It's more important than your job, more important than your career, your financial situation, the family you belong to. The most important thing about you is what do you think about when you think about God? Because this is going to affect every facet of your life. The way you see yourself, the way you see the world, the way you see people around you, and ultimately how you see your purpose and your destiny in this life. Okay, so we want to understand better the character of God, and we can do that by studying these various names that the Old Testament gives us that, that all have to do with some aspect of, of, God's, of, of God's character. Uh, many years ago now, I mean, my kids were, what, two years old, maybe? Not even, I think they were like, no, they weren't two years old. What am I thinking? They were probably uh, not even a a year old yet. They were still in their, their car seats. Um, we lived in, a, in an apartment. We were on the third floor when Logan and Michaela were born. So we had twins. We we're on the third floor of this apartment. And I just remember anytime you'd have to carry them up from the car three flights or carry them down to the car, man, it was a lot of work. Like generally I would carry them. Uh, and, and by the time I would make it to the car, man, my shoulders would be like would be like burning, right? I did. I got a great arm workout by doing this. And then on one occasion, right, I got them strapped up. I'm going to work. So I'm in my work clothes. It's like over 90 degrees outside, and, and I got to get them in the car and take them to the babysitter so that I can go to work. And, and I, I, I get them all in the car seat, and we start heading down the, the stairs. I get to the car, arms just burning, shoulders aching at this point. Forgot my car keys. All right, which now meant I wasn't, you know, I'm already sore here. I'm going to have to go back upstairs, get the keys, and I'll do another trip down the stairs. And I'm wondering if I even am going to be able to do this. And, uh, and this thought occurred to me right behind the car. There was kind of this shaded spot. And I thought, you know. If I, if, I, if I put them there for, you know, and was really fast, I could make it back up and come back down. And, and you ever had that moment where, like, you have, like, the devil on one side saying, yeah, it'll be fine. Go for it. But then you got that angel on the other side. In this case, it, it wasn't an angel. It was my wife. And I could hear, I mean, I could hear very clearly. She said, if you do this, I will cut you. I mean, that's, that is essentially what I heard. And uh, so long story short, I, I, I did not do it. I'm sweating. And, and, and I ended up saying, no, I've got I've to take my kids back up with me. And I, I, I can't do that. And uh, I knew my life was in jeopardy if I made any other decision. But I, I bring that up because isn't it true that sometimes in life, like we find ourselves in situations where we're struggling with what to do. We're struggling with make a, what choice to make. I mean, this one might be a little more obvious, uh, especially if you're a mom in the room, but sometimes we're going to find ourselves having to make choices 
and decisions, and, and we're not always sure what, what, what the right decision is. We're not always sh- sure what, 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 what God would even want. Sometimes God gives us an answer, and sometimes he gives us crystal clarity, and sometimes he tells us, is this right? But other times, like, we wrestle. And uh, this can be big decisions in life. This can be, this can be things like, um, you know, what, what job should I take? What career path should I go down? What school should I go to? You know, what should be my major? Um, should I really marry that person? I mean, there's, there's just some big decisions in life that sometimes we, we, we wrestle with. And then other times it's just daily little decisions, like just raising our kids and the struggle of just, you know, should I let them go to that party? Should I let them watch that movie? I mean, whatever it might be, uh, we, we wrestle with these, these, these daily decisions as well in life. And, and if we were to be honest and we really thought about it, man, that can be sometimes very stressful. It can, be, it can cause a lot of worry and it can cause a lot of anxiety in our lives. Am I making the right decision? And is it going to lead to where ultimately I, I want to go in, in life? And we start thinking about that and we don't even realize we're wearing it, but we wear this worry and this anxiety in our lives because of all these decisions that we have to make. And we're not always sure, am I making the right decision. Uh, when my kids were probably about nine or ten, um, for Christmas we bought them uh, hoverboards. You know what hoverboards are? They're like these things you stand on, and if you lean, you know they're they're electric. They'll go. And uh, we had never had hoverboards or anything like that, but we thought you know before we let the kids test it out, you know, we should test it out. And so we went down into our basement because this is like Christmas time, so it's winter. But so we, we had this like, you know, our finish, it's unfinished in our basement. So we've got this runway that we, could, that we could use. And I'll never forget, like Danielle gets on this thing. She's never been on a hoverboard before. And if you've ever stood on a hoverboard before, you know, like as soon as you lean, they take off. So they're kind of tricky at first if you're not sure how they work. So she gets on it, okay, but she's using the wall to brace herself. But she makes the mistake of leaning and if you've never been on one before, you don't necessarily know how to stop. And so she gets on this thing, and she leans, and the thing starts picking up speed. And the kids and I, we're standing along the side watching this happen. And as she goes zipping by, we, we just hear her saying, um, please help. Uh, help me. Uh, help. Somebody help. And, I mean, we're just like, this thing can go pretty fast. And, I mean, fortunately for us, like, at the end, there were all these boxes and things that we still haven't unpacked. And so that's what she ended up crashing into. It, it saved her life. Um, but it, sometimes life feels like that, where it's just, we're zipping by. And, and anybody feeling that way today? Like, hey, I could use a little help. Anybody got a decision coming up? You just feel like, I, I need a little help. Like, I, like I, I, I want to have the future God wants for my life, but I'm not exactly sure how to get there. I, I could use a little help. I want the future for my kids that I know God wants, but I don't exactly know what to do. I could use a little help. I bet there's some of us today who are saying I could use a little help. Well, that's why the name we're studying this morning is, is so important. It's Yahweh Roe. Yahweh Roe. Uh, if you're one, you know, 
you were to ask me, hey, where is God sitting today in the seats? I would tell you, I don't know, but he's in row E. That's terrible, but now you will remember how to say it. Yahweh row E. And here's what it means. Yahweh row E means Yahweh is my shepherd. Yahweh is my shepherd. This is um, something that David says about God. He says, uh, Yahweh is my, my shepherd. And uh, David understood this. You know, we think of David as king, but we forget that when David was growing up and he was just a boy, he was a shepherd. He understood a thing or two about shepherding sheep. And uh, this is something that the Bible uses to refer to us, followers of Yahweh. It, it, it refers to us as sheep who need a shepherd. And that's a very fitting analogy. It makes sense why David would use this. Um, because sheep desperately need a shepherd. Something I've learned about sheep is that they, they, they aren't the smartest, okay? In fact, I was at the state fair um, a few years back, and, 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 and my daughter had some chapstick, and I'll never forget this. I mean, she, she had the chapstick at her side, and this, this sheep, I, she didn't notice it, but the sheep had stuck its head out of the pen and, 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 and started to lick her chapstick, and then actually took a chunk out of the chapstick and started chewing her chapstick. Now, the sheep's lips looked fantastic, okay, but I learned a thing or two. It made me realize, like, they're super cute, but I can see why they need a shepherd. In fact, I was doing some research. I found out, like, shepherd, uh, sheep apparently need a certain kind of grass in order to survive. And without a shepherd in the wild, they won't know how to find that grass, and they will actually starve to death. I was watching a survival show not too long ago. I think it was Bear Grylls or something. And, 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 and he came across a dead sheep. And it was like a sheep carcass. And he said, he said, that this, is, this is very common. You'll come across if a sheep gets away from the fold, uh, it doesn't have a shepherd. They cannot survive in the wild on their own. It makes sense why David would use this analogy. We need a shepherd. We need a guide in, in our, our lives. And that's, that's good because we, we have a guide. We have one who, who can help us even when we don't know what to do in life. And that's really the question I, I want to answer today is like, how does Yahweh Roe help us when we don't know what to do and we don't know how to get to where we want to go? How does our shepherd help us? So we're going to be looking at uh, just Psalm 23. This is a, a well-known, very famous uh, scripture, Psalm 23 that David writes. And uh, it, it, it tells us a few ways that Yahweh Roe helps us when we don't know what to do in life, okay? So I want to start by just reading the, the beginning of Psalm 23. We read this. It says, Yahweh is my shepherd. Many of us grew up, right, hearing the Lord is my shepherd. We talked about this week one. It's not what the Bible says. Sorry, it's not what the scriptures say. It doesn't use the title. This title that was used of other gods, this title is used even of kings and other people. David knew Yahweh. And he said, Yahweh is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And Yahweh takes care of all my needs is what he says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. It's like David is looking back and he's thinking about the challenges that he's faced in life. And one of the things he's realizing is like, wow, Yahweh has been a shepherd to me. He has led my life well. Even when I was in times of uncertainty, even when I was living in times of ambiguity, Yahweh was taking care of my needs and providing for me, even when I didn't know what to do. One of the things that David realized was that Yahweh helped him in times of ambiguity. And if you're taking notes, this is the first way I say Yahweh Roe can help us when we don't know what to do. He helps me to accept the ambiguity. When I know that Yahweh is going to take care of me, when I know he's going to provide for me, it helps me to accept the ambiguity of life, the uncertainty of, of life. You think about David's life, been pretty ambiguous at times, right? God shows up through Samuel the prophet and says, you are going to be king. And then God spelled out for him exactly what his plan was going to look like, right? Exactly what David needed to do to get there. No. No, in fact, David gets called to be king, but there's still a king on the throne, Saul. And Saul becomes jealous hearing about this, this, this boy that God has called to be king, and he starts, starts trying to kill David. Do you think David was feeling a little uncertainty? Like, God, can I really trust you? Like, God, are you really there? Like, God, did you really call me a Samuel, really a prophet? Can I really trust you in the ambiguity of all this? Later in life, David's able to look back and he's able to say, yes, God, you took care of me. In those times of uncertainty, you provided for me along the way. And church, do we realize we can do that? Do we realize that we can trust Yahweh even in our times of uncertainty, even when life is ambiguous, we can trust that he will provide exactly what we need when we need it. When you need that friend, Yahweh will provide that friend. When you need that, that Bible verse that's going to guide and direct, Yahweh will provide that Bible verse. When you need a sermon, Yahweh will provide the sermon when you really have a financial need, really have a financial need. I believe Yahweh will help provide for that financial need. According to David, he had learned, he had looked back on his life, said, no, life's been hard, life's been challenging, there's been uncertainty. But man, Yahweh has been a shepherd to me. And why? Why can we trust that Yahweh will be a shepherd to us. Why had David learned that Yahweh is such a good shepherd? You, we might be tempted first to say it's because God loves us, and you're right, that's, that's true. Well, there's even a deeper reason uh, behind why he loves us. He says in verse 3, he, he says, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. He guides me along the right paths. Notice that. For his name's sake. You see, Yahweh cares about his name. Here, here we're seeing Yahweh, 
He doesn't just want to be called Lord. He cares about his name, and he cares about his reputation. And friends, this is good news. It means one of the reasons we can trust Yahweh as our shepherd is because his reputation is on the line. If you represent him and other people know you belong to Yahweh, do you recognize Yahweh's reputation of being a good, loving God is on the line for your life? You know, it's kind of like this. Um, when I was small, I was just a child, I remember I wanted this, this pair of Adidas shoes I had my eyes on these and I begged my parents, hey, can I get these shoes? Can I get these shoes? I, I really want. Adidas was like really popular in my school at the time. I like, wanted these shoes, but we couldn't afford the Adidas shoes with the three stripes. So my parents got me the ones that had the four stripes, right? Or an Adidas, it was like a Beebus or something. You know, some, some knockoff. I don't even know what the name was, but I had the fourth stripe. So I, you know, I start wearing those shoes. But here's the thing about those shoes. They lasted like six to eight months. They didn't last long. They were cheaper, but they also weren't as good quality. The reality is Adidas, they've got a reputation to protect. Adidas doesn't really care. They're just trying to sell quick, you know, cheap shoes. Adidas, on the other hand, they got to protect their business name. they got to protect that name. If all their stuff is bad quality, if all their stuff falls apart, people will stop buying their product, at least stop spending the money and investing in their product, and their company will fall. They care about their name. They've got to protect their reputation. In the same way, Yahweh has to protect. He wants to protect. He wants glory. The Bible is very clear. He is for his glory. He wants the world to know how good he is. He wants the world to know how loving he is. He is for his glory. And that is really, really, really good news for us. Because it means if we belong to him, we can know he will provide for us. Because his reputation is on the line. I think it's good and right every once in a while. If you have a need in your life or a struggle in your life, a challenge in your life to go to Yahweh and say, Yahweh, I need your help. I represent you. People know that I represent you, that I belong to you. Yahweh, your reputation is on the line here. I need your help. I think it's good and right every once in a while. And I, we, we might think that Yahweh doesn't like that. I, I think Yahweh loves it when we come to him and we have faith like that. That's what David's saying. He, he doesn't give any other reason but to say that God has guided me along these good paths, these right paths for his name's sake, for his reputation. Whew, that's good news. Second reason Yahweh Roe can help me when I don't know what to do is because he helps me to hold on through hard times. He helps me to hold on, just to hang in there. See, verse 4, he goes on to say, even though I walk through the darkest valley, some of your translations write, the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I will fear no evil. So he's not saying it's been all easy. 
right? David's not saying it's been all, you know, roses and butterflies. David has walked through some valleys. He has dealt with some battles. Again, he had a king who was trying to take his life and succeeded on, on many almost succeeded on many occasions. And he's saying, even when I was walking through those, those dark valleys, I didn't, have to, I didn't have to fear evil, but what I did have to do was, was hang in there. And here's what I've learned about valleys, because there's going to be valleys in our life. What I've learned about valleys is you won't stand on mountaintops unless you're willing to walk through them. You're not going to stand on a mountaintop unless you are willing to walk through the valley. You can't get to the mountaintop. The sheep cannot get to the mountaintop where the shepherd is trying to lead them unless they're willing to hang in there and hold on as they go through the scary, dark valley where there's many predators. In the same way, sometimes life is going to be hard. We just need to acknowledge that. Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble. And what do we do? Sometimes all we can do is just hang in there and hold on. But I'm telling you, if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to follow the shepherd and hang in there, he will lead us to the mountaintops of life. I was thinking about it even with our, you know, our kids, raising kids. It can be a challenge. There can be so many struggles along the way for raising kids, you know, especially when they're, they're at that difficult age from like 2 to 25 lot of challenges, a lot, lot of challenges that we're going to face as parents. But man, I was thinking for all of the mistakes that we might make as parents, for all of our failures, I mean, for all the things, I'm telling you, if, if we will hang in there and just be there, there's going to be a time. It might not be till they're 25. It might not be till they're 65. But there's going to be a time where they look back and they go, man, I'm so glad that mom and dad hung in there. Even when I was a problem, even when I was a handful, mom and dad hung in there. And you will be honored. Why? You're willing to walk through the valley. Sometimes that's all we can do is just hang in there. I was thinking about my marriage. Um, I've been married to Danielle for almost 20 years now. Um, which is nothing compared to some of you. It seems like you've been married for like 200 years. I don't, and it's just congrats. So I know it's like, that's nothing compared to some of you, but man, I was thinking about that this week, that when I got married, I was one of those people, I was really excited. I loved my wife. I married my best friend, so very blessed. But I didn't even know what love was. Today, I think about, like, how much I love my wife and my affections for my wife. I didn't even know what I'm talking about. If you're newly married, you don't know what I'm talking about. Those of you who have been married for a while, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's a deeper love that you experience for your spouse with time, but it's more than just time. It comes from this. You walk through some valleys together. You walked through some hard times together, and as you did that, it bonded you on a deep spiritual level, and you find yourself going, whoa, I thought I knew what love is. I didn't know what love is. And I'm sure in another 20 years, I'll be saying, 
I understand love in even a deeper way. And listen to me. I know some of us are in our second marriages. I know some of us are in our third marriages. My challenge to you would be now commit yourself to that person and hang in there. We have marriages and remarriages here at Edinburgh Church that are thriving because of how we've learned, okay, we're going to hang in there. That's what's going to deepen our love and lead us to those mountaintops that we want to stand on. Thinking about that for our jobs, our careers, you know, this is something young people are going to have to learn, especially this, this younger generation who are working at their job for like three months and not understanding why they haven't been promoted to CEO. <laughs> Love you, young. Not our people. Not our young people here at Edinburgh Church. But if you're going to ever be a successful person in your career at work, you're going to have to walk through some valleys so that you understand <laughs> the challenges that others in your career place are experiencing. Like, isn't it true nothing good comes without walking through some hard things first? I'd love you to tell me what, what, what comes good that's not going to require some challenge and battle. David had learned this. And sometimes all you're going to be able to do is hang on and hold in there. But the reason David could do that, even when things were bleak in his life, he goes on to say, I will fear no evil. Why? You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The reason we can hang in there is because we know God is with us along that journey. We are not alone. He is, he is with you. I remember, you know, when I was younger, having really bad anxiety attacks. They would paralyze me. I would find myself literally in the fetal position, curled up on the floor, just praying and begging God for it to go away. Uh, those of you who have anxiety attacks, you know how terrible and frightening they can be. You know, wondering if you're literally going to die right there on the floor. But man, in that, in those moments, in those moments of struggle, I'm telling you, that is where I started to hear the voice of God in my life. I think it's because I was so desperate <laughs> and so needy and crying out for God to help me. But in those moments, God showed up and he started speaking into my life. And here's what he would speak. He would speak, Brett, I have a plan for you and it's good. Hang in there. And friends, that's the voice of God. Our God is a God of hope. Our God is a God of encouragement. If you're not hearing a voice of encouragement, it's not Yahweh. It might be another God. It might be another spirit, but it is not Yahweh. Yahweh's going to tell you, hang in there. I got a good plan for you. Trust me. Hold on. And when we know he's with us and when we hear that voice of encouragement speak life into us, man, it gives us the strength to keep following him even through the dark valleys of life. That's why I would encourage you. You've got to be making time and you've got to be making space to listen for the voice of God in your life. Because as much as I can preach to you, as much as I can bring the word of God, there is nothing like hearing God speak into your own heart. It is life-giving, friends. And it'll give you the strength to carry on through some very difficult situations in life. Third and last way that Yahweh Roe 
helps us when we don't know what to do in life. He helps me to rest in his authority. Yahweh Roe helps me to rest in his authority, the fact that he's in control. Listen to what David, how he ends this, this, this well-known psalm. He says, you prepare a table before me. What? What does that say? In the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. This was a, the idea of being anointed, or at least being favored. It's the idea of favor. He says, my cup overflows. Wow, abundance. God providing so much goodness. He goes on to say, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. David had learned to trust that his God was ultimately in control. And one of the things that we're going to have to learn in life is that, you know, you're going to have enemies. You're going to have enemies. You're going to have battles. You're going to have challenges. Some of them will be people. Of course, the Bible tells us it's not ultimately with people. It's with spiritual realities that are working in people and through people. But you are going to have moments where people are going to come up against you or want to challenge you or are going to want to undermine you. David had experienced so much of that as, as king. In fact, I just saw like a statistic this last week. Like only like one out of 10 emperors, this is back in Roman times, but only like one in 10 would actually ever reach like retirement age. They'd all be murdered. I mean, that's how hard it was, like, being in a position like that. So David understood this. But do you see what he's saying? Even though I'm in a difficult position and I have all these enemies, because what he realized is I'm powerless against all the conspiring. I'm powerless to do anything about it. In my own strength, there is nothing I can do against that. But I worship Yahweh, and Yahweh will honor me even in front of my enemies. And church, we got to learn this. That sometimes things are going to be out of your control. They're going to be out of your hands. But we serve a God who, if we will keep following, promises to lift us up and fight our battles for us. And when you realize that, that I don't have to fight my battles, I don't even have to defend myself. I can trust in Yahweh to be my defender. I can rest. And I bet there's some of us here today that need some rest. That just need some peace. Whoo! What would happen if we recognize that Yahweh, whose reputation is on the line, would come to our aid and honor us in due time? That's why Peter says if we humble ourselves before Yahweh, he will lift us up in due time. David goes on to say, and I will dwell in the house of who? Not just some God, not just some Lord. I'm going to dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. So I'm going to experience his goodness in this life only to get to even experience more of his goodness in the life to come. Sound like a good deal? Man, this is the shepherd I want shepherding my life. How about you? That's something I found myself saying recently, actually as we got into this series, anytime like now a worry kind of creeps into my heart or some kind of stress or something I feel like is out of my control and I don't know what to do about it, here's what I found myself saying. Now I just say the simple statement, I just say Yahweh's got this. And that's what I would encourage us to do, church. What if every time there's some kind of anxiety, some kind of worry, you don't know where you're going, you don't know if you're making the right decision or not, you don't know what life's going to bring, you just stopped and said, you know what, I don't. 
but Yahweh's got this. I don't know where this is going to ultimately lead, and I don't know where my life's ultimately going to go, but Yahweh does because he's the good shepherd. This was a famous psalm, Psalm 23, probably the most popular scripture, scripture amongst Jews, right, in the first century, okay? Uh, New Testament hadn't been written, so this was probably the most well-known. So everyone knew about Yahweh Roi. And I want to end today just showing you something that Jesus says that you can only imagine now that you've heard about this, like how this would have caused jaws to drop. In John 10, 14, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I am the good shepherd. <laughs> There's that I am statement again, ego, a me in the Greek. I am the good shepherd. That Psalm 23 that you love, that Psalm 23 that you've read about, that shepherd that David's talking about, what's Jesus saying? I am that shepherd. <laughs> and he says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Church, do you know Yahweh? Do you know Jesus? You might not know where your life is going, but Jesus knows. And he can lead your life well. When you don't know what to do, he will help you to accept the ambiguity. Have peace. He will help you to hold on through the difficult times, the difficult seasons of life. And ultimately, he's going to give you rest, friends, as you recognize more and more that he's in control and that he is good. And that he will lift you up in due time. If you don't know this Jesus, if you don't know this Yahweh, I want to give you an opportunity to come into a relationship with him today so that you can know him. So can we just bow our heads? Wow, Jesus, what a statement to call yourself the, the shepherd. You are Yahweh. Whoa. Let that land on us today. Jesus, who you are, you are more than just a man. And Lord, we need faith to trust in you because sometimes life is hard and some of us are struggling with decisions and we're not getting clarity and we don't know what to do, but we can rest today because we know you know what's coming. You know where you're guiding us and where you're taking us. And so we can have peace even in the ambiguity of life. Help us to hold on through those hard seasons. Some of us are in them right now. Lord, help us just to hang in there, trusting you will provide what we need when we need it along the way. And I want to pray as a church, we're going to be able to have that deep rest that only you can give when we recognize you are the one true God who is in control and you love your people and that's who we are. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture, and your reputation is on the line for us. <laughs> so we're going to call on you, Yahweh. There's some of us in here today who need to get to know you, who need to come into this relationship with you. And, and if that's you and you're out there this morning, here's what I'm going to do. While the heads are bowed, would you just be willing to raise your hand and say, yeah, I need to invite this shepherd into my life today. 
Can we just do that? Can you just raise your hand? You have an opportunity to let God know. See ya. I see ya. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I see you back there. That's awesome. This is an opportunity to let the good shepherd come into your life and lead your life like he's led mine (laughs) out of drug addiction, high school dropout. Friends, I'm preaching this with conviction because I know how good Yahweh Roe is when we trust him with our lives. So if that's you, you you can just say this to God. It's between you and God. You just kind of say in your heart, you just say, Jesus, come into my life. I surrender my life to you today. Thank you for being the shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep so that I can be set free from sin, from death, and can come into a relationship with you and dwell in your house forever. Yahweh Roe, I now surrender my life to you. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm gonna trust today that you know where you're leading me. And so you from this day on are now the God that I will call upon. Thank you, Yahweh Roe. We love you. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus, and all God's people said, amen.